This is Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. Well, hi there. Welcome along to this podcast. It's Mark Lloyd from Lunch with Lloyd. And did you go along to see the new James Bond movie over the weekend? No Time to Die and a great theme tune to go with it. Well, I did and absolutely loved it. And we found out from a few of you guys how you enjoy that film as well. Well, we're also talking television and TV shows that we grew up watching along with our family. Some great memories there. We headed out to the Irish Pavilion at Expo 2020 to find out what's in store over there, as did Paris Norris, who took a look at the eco-tourism side of things over at Expo. We spoke to an amazing musician as well, who just plays piano with his left hand. That was Maxime Zaccini, who's performing at Alliance Francais. And we wrap things up with a look at the world of art at Hotel Indigo and Heroes of Hope art program. Do enjoy it and don't forget to join me live on the show weekdays from 11 o'clock on Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd on Dubai Eye 103.8. A girl that sat right next to me in the studio I think had fun over the weekend. Um, You certainly had fun on Thursday night up at the expo, didn't you? I did. I did. It was a fantastic night. I love that I was part of such a historic moment. So it was was just so overwhelming. So much adrenaline in in the air. You could feel it. <laughs> uh, for sure. Um, another kind of historic moment was um, the final outing of Daniel Craig as James yes. Bond in No Time to Die. I mean, we've waited a long, long time for this movie, you know. I mean, it's supposed to be coming out uh, a long, long time ago, but due to the pandemic, of course, it kept being delayed. But was it worth the wait? It was. For me, I was just in awe the whole movie. And to be honest, because you just played the track, Billie Eilish just outdid herself. (laughs) I I love that track. I've been listening to it on repeat because I was just... And the movie was fantastic. It was. Phenomenal. Beautifully shot um, in various locations around the world. Yes. And every character... We were just talking about this Mm. off air. Every character in that movie just did a wonderful job in their character, be it big or small. Like, Mm. even if they were just there for like a scene, they did a fantastic job. We were talking about Ana de Armas and we were talking about all the other... Yeah. Uh, Rami know, Malik. Rami Malik, yeah. I was just uh, <laughs> just telling you he's my friend's cousin. Olivia, if you're yeah. listening. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you've got so, a cool cousin, Olivia. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, they all did a wonderful job. And Daniel Craig, of course. I mean, yeah. just... So well worth the watch is all I'll say. I'm not going to say any more about it. You need to go along and see it. But for me, certainly up there in the, the top two or three Bond films that I've ever seen, it didn't disappoint at all no, for me. Um, no. Shall we let her play? let's play out with Billie Eilish? Here. Oh, I 
love that chord at the end there. <laughs> That's beautiful. Um, so if you went to see the movie No Time to Die, uh, 4001 Guys, what did you make of it? Was it a thumbs up? Was it, you know, half and half or a thumbs down for you? We'd love to hear uh, what you made of it. Also today, it's Family TV Show Day. A time for everyone to gather around the television and watch their favourite shows. So I'm asking you guys, what TV shows did you watch as a family growing up? Mine, I'm sure Maria probably won't remember. One, <laughs> one was um, a, a cowboy called Bonanza that I used to watch with my dad um, every single week without fail. Another was Knight Rider. You might remember Knight Rider. Okay. With, I heard of it, but I've never seen it. With the car kit, the talking car. David Hasselhoff, of oh, course, yeah, yeah, was, was yeah. the oh, star yeah, yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. And then yeah, Dallas, um, legendary. Just couldn't miss um, an episode of Dallas. So those are the TV shows <laughs> that I grew up watching. Um, uh, different generations. What about you, mm-hmm. uh, Maria? So mine is a little, I mean, growing up, not a lot of kids got to see this show and their parents were kind of skeptical as to whether they should let their kids watch it. I have friends that only started seeing the show in college, but it was friends. I used to watch friends with my, with my parents. Yeah. Yeah. My, my parents used to love it. And, and so did we, my brother and I, and we would wait for it. And I remember cause this was funny cause we used to live next to a spinnies in, in, um, Bar Dubai, the one next to Bergeman. This was like years ago. Um, and I would go after school, rent, the DVD because the seasons would come out as we go and I actually watched it as it came out okay. so that's the it has like a greater sentimental value for me you know yeah. everyone's crazy about friends but I'm particularly crazy about it because I have all these memories, you know, linked to it as well, of us sitting together and just watching it. Cool. So there we are, friends. Uh, For me, it's Dallas and um, also Knight Rider as well. What TV shows did you grow up watching uh, as a family with your parents? We're going to go to the lines where uh, Amanda joins us on the show. Good morning, Amanda. How are you? Good morning, Mark. How are you? Very good. Did you have a good weekend? I did, thank you very much indeed. Well, I've just got back in from the UK, actually. So oh, nice right. Sunshine. Right, so you, you won't have seen James Bond yet, will you? Not yet, not no. Not yet. Are you going to go? Absolutely. <laughs> I tell you, it does not disappoint, let me tell you. Anyway, Amanda, we're talking about TV shows that you used to watch um, as a family when you were growing up, uh, as it's kind of family TV show day around the world. So what were some of yours, Amanda? Well, my father actually got rid of our television when we were younger, and he, because he felt that we were watching it too much, <laughs> and then he reintroduced it for Life on Earth, David Attenborough. Oh, wow. And we all had to sit and watch that religiously. Um, and I think it's, uh, yeah, it was brilliant, actually. Yeah, I mean, if, if there's ever a TV show that, uh, you know, your dad is introducing you to, it's got it's got to be that one. What a, a amazing yeah. photography, and, you know, just yeah. the, you can just sit and listen to the voice of David Attenborough, can't you, <laughs> and just enjoy yeah. that. I think so, and I think it just paved the way for us to be more curious about the world, obviously, and ask questions, and... Yeah. You know, as a result, you know, we all took sciences, so it was good. And what about the time when he took the TV away? Um, do you think it was a good thing <laughs> when you look back? You know, presumably back, you did probably. more reading and, and uh, more listening to the radio. Exactly, and more playing outside, so he was encouraging us to go out and get on our bicycles and things like that. So yeah. I think it did pay off, actually. But yeah. at the time, I remember feeling that everybody was watching Grange Hill and Top of the Pops. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And you were losing out. (laughs) Amazing, Amanda. Thanks so much for your call. David joins us on line number two. Good morning, David. How are you? Morning. I'm very well, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, excellent. So, hit me with some of those TV shows that you watch with uh, mum and dad and uh, the family. Oh gosh, without showing my age too much, um, Streetwalk, Airwolf, 
and 18. Oh, so it's all kind of the military stuff for you then, wasn't it? Um, the... uh, it was Street Hawk, but I think it was police. Okay, was all right. Bike, guy on a motorbike and uh, 18, there were a bunch of rogues. Yeah. A-team. George Peppard was uh, kind of the ringleader of them, wasn't he, in the A-team? And, of course, Mr. T. Who can forget him? But, I mean, great adventures, weren't they? I mean, pretty unmissable television, I think. Fantastic. They certainly got through their fair share of cars. (laughs) They did, didn't they? And was Airwolf a helicopter, or was it a fighter pilot? That's right. It was a helicopter. No, no, no. no. It was was a helicopter hidden in a... uh, cave, I believe, in a desert. Okay, so he'd, uh, he'd jump in like a bat cave, something like that, and um, head out and, like and sort out all the world's problems in his helicopter. In a helicopter, and you never see him refuel. And who did you watch them with, David? Uh, ordinarily, it was probably with my sister and my mother. Right, okay. Well, great memories. Thanks so much for your call, pal, and uh, no have problem. a great day. Are you going to be going along to see James Bond? I am, which is why I'm glad you didn't give a no, we're not giving away anything of, of the story whatsoever. All we are saying is, don't miss it. <laughs> okay. No, not. Thank very much. It's unmissable. Enjoy it, David, when you do go along there. Susan, glad you enjoyed um, the James Bond movie, No Time to Die. You're, sounds like you're in the same camp as me. Absolutely loved it. As did uh, Etna Trainer as well. Bond was magnificent, did not disappoint, action-packed. Um, and talking to TV shows that Ethna used to watch, uh, Dallas um, with me uh, on that one, of, of course. And years before, The Fugitive, that was good, wasn't it? The One-Armed Man. Also, Columbo and The Mary Tyler Moore Show. And um, apparently, uh, you only had one TV channel in Ireland back in the day. Hawaii Five O was another favourite of, uh, of yours, Ethna. Thanks for that. Uh, yeah, one TV channel in Ireland back in the day. I'm sure there's a lot more than that now. Susan joins us on the line. Susan, good morning. How are you doing? Oh, good morning. I'm fine, Mark. And yourself? Yeah, excellent. So, um, tell me, uh, without giving anything away, um, what did you make of James Bond? Did you enjoy it? I really thoroughly enjoyed it. I was um, I was really surprised because I, I presumed it would be very action-packed, but maybe not much of a story to it, you know, where it's all action and special yeah, effects, and yeah. you think, well, what happened there? But it was really good, and it was interesting, yeah, yeah. like reading a good book, really, you know, all <laughs> your emotions going, and you're on the end of your chair, yeah. things. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it, Susan, as, as I did as well. I give it 10 out of 10, personally. But um, we, we're, too, also, Mark, yeah. we're also talking about TV shows that you grew up watching. Um, so um, uh, I, I know you come from the north of England. What, what were some of the TV That's shows not- that you remember watching? Um, well, I, I used to love watching catchphrases. There were just little pictures, you know, and yeah. you had to guess the catchphrase. That, that, that was fun, to guess the catchphrases. Uh, and also, I love Dallas. I think everybody did at that yeah. time. Um, Falcon Crest, that was quite good. Um, it was, um, it, it wasn't, uh, like Dallas where there was a lot of villains in it, but it was a good storylines. It was, um, Vineyards, you know. Yeah, John, lovely. John Collins was in that, wasn't she? Um, what was she in that? She, oh, there was another oh, was one. that Dynasty? The, I'm getting mixed up. That was Dynasty that Dynasty. she was in. Yeah. Yes, I used to watch that as well, Mark. Yeah, that was quite <laughs> good at the time. And yes, uh, one that yes. you've mentioned, um, Henry Winkler, as the Fonz, of course, where they used to hang yeah. out in this 50s diner. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the same when you see clips of it now, but at that time, it, w- it was good. Yeah, it was, it was very entertaining good, at yeah. the time. So you watched it, it with all your family, some of these shows? Yes, yes. 
Yeah, we all enjoy them. Yes, yes. Good. Yeah, happy memories. Happy memories, <laughs> Susan. Thanks so much for your call. Finn joins us on line number two. Hey, Finn, you've come up with some beauties here. Um, tell me some yeah. of the, uh, the the TV shows that come to mind that you used to watch with your family. Um, well, we watched, um, like, Danger Man very night, very well with... Uh, what was his name? Patrick, Patrick McDoing. Yeah, now I could never work that one out. I, I just it, it started this as like big bubble. Um, bouncing oh no, across. that was the prisoner. That was the prisoner. oh, that was the prisoner. Was it okay? So yes, Danger Man's yes. a different one. Danger Man was before, and it was good. It was uh, good storylines, things like that. But I agree with you, prisoner. I couldn't work it out at all. Okay. You know, um, and that big ball used to come and get him, and I yeah. just was silly. It was pretty <laughs> odd, that, wasn't it? Uh, but you've come up with a great yeah. comedy in Dad's Army. Absolute classic. Yeah, we loved Dad's Army. We loved, uh, like, Morecambe and Wise and the Two Runners. And then later on, we loved Only Fools and Horses. We watched that. That was just so funny. And you've um, got the detective show Columbo as well. Peter Falk was um, the, the, the actor in yes. that, right? Yes, he was good as well, yeah. Uh, what did you like about Columbo? Because he was always, you know, kind of making out that he wasn't that clever, he wasn't that switched on, but really behind the scenes he was. Oh yeah, he was a th- he was a thinker. He <laughs> was he was spot on. I liked him. Very good. Go on. Oh, just also not that we watched with the family, but Bewitched. I liked um, that was always good. Right. Um, uh, uh, let me ask you: Are you, are you planning on seeing James Bond? I will, actually, because the reviews have been good. Um, and I always liked, years ago, the uh, corny ones, you know, with uh, Roger, Roger Moore, Moore and those in. Uh, but I will do. I will I will go and see this one. I, I must say, one of them I didn't like, not like... Um, I can't remember what it was called now, but um, but I will go and see this one. Good for you. I will. Good for you, Finn. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think you'll be disappointed. I absolutely loved it. So, uh, yeah, do check that out. And thanks for your message once again. Great TV shows there. Columbo, The Two Ronnies, Morecambe and Wise, Danger Man. Uh, we're going to go to the lines. Joe joins me on the show. Good afternoon, Joe. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Good afternoon. Excellent. So, uh, memories of TV shows with the family. What does it bring back for you? Yeah, so nostalgic. Lovely. Um, the very, very first one, of course, was um, Six Five Special. And then having a, an old black and white TV with a tiny screen. And the opening one was a train <laughs> coming along. And, we, you know, as a family sitting around, that we thought it was absolutely wonderful. <laughs> Thinking <laughs> the train's going to come out the screen and into the living room, I guess. What was it about yeah. Six Five Special? I, I vaguely remember well, it. it was a, yeah, it was a forerunner to Top of the Pops. And, oh, it was a music um, music show. Oh, absolutely, yes. And people like Cliff Richard, Martin Wilde, Adam Faith. Wow. Um, they all appeared on it. I mean, we are talking about in the late 50s. Right. About 57, 58, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Top of the Pops followed on from that. And the other one, oh, gosh, Ready Steady Go, of course, was much later on. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one was Wagon Train with Ward Bond, um, one of the very first... Uh, no westerns. Yeah, yeah. Rawhide as well. You've mentioned that Clint Eastwood was yeah. in that. Yeah, that, I mean, he was very young in his early twenties and absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> that really set him on the road to be a movie star. And the, the last one that you've mentioned is one that I used to watch with my dad as well. Um, the Clampets. 
Oh, yes, Ted Clampett. Uh, the story of, um, yes, when he was um, shooting at food or something and, um, yeah, and, and he hit an oil line and yeah. black gold. And he hit the gold, didn't he? Yeah, um, that's right. And they and they all went up to California to live in the. Well, was it was it actually called the Clampets, or was it was it something else? I'm trying to trying to remember. I thought it was. Yeah, I thought it was Clamp. Yeah, you could be right. You could be right. And it, but I remember it very well. This is Dubai Eye One Hundred Three Point Eight. You're listening to lunch with Lloyd. Yeah, good morning, one and all. Thanks for your messages that are pouring in today. Of course, Expo is the talk of the town at the moment, and the Emerald Isle are definitely there. Um, and I spoke with Pat Hennessy, who is the Commissioner General of the Irish Pavilion. And tell me what the inspiration was for the Pavilion at Expo 2020. Uh, the theme of our Pavilion is Ireland, Island of Inspiration. And we're here to tell you about what a wonderfully creative people the Irish are. And, you know, we've always been creative. Our pavilion is a a wonderful mix of uh, Celtic and Arab influences. Uh, We have a central area where we'll be showing a specially commissioned uh, movie, uh, which will tell you all about the Irish story. And it's topped by an oculus, which is reminiscent of the 5,000-year-old light box at Newgrange. Back all those years ago, our, our ancestors were tracking the light long before the pyramids are Stonehenge. <laughs> and that same creativity is still alive and well in Ireland. So we'll be also telling our visitors the story of Irish inventors, designers, innovators. And we'll be showing that just how active and how inventive and creative uh, the Irish are in the, here in the 21st century. Um, it's certainly going to be something to behold. Now, what do you think are some of the standout features on your pavilion that people really need to come and see and, and not to miss? Very good. Well, I, I think what we're offering, above all, is a terrific variety uh, of experiences. You'll have the opportunity to, to meet and interact with wonderful Irish uh, craftspeople, talented designers and inventors, You'll have the chance to, in our garden, in our, in our courtyard garden, there'll be an opportunity to relax and listen to wonderful Irish music. We'll, we have our, our expo players, a troupe of young Irish musicians who'll be here right through uh, the six months. But I suppose, above all, what we're going to offer, and I think we, are, we will be the only pavilion, I promise, offering you a genuine, warm Irish welcome. That's what <laughs> the visitor will get when you come to the Irish pavilion. Yeah, You'll they- meet our wonderful, we have wonderful staff, uh, who look forward to uh, interacting with you, meeting with you, and, and you know, making each and every visitor feel really special and really as if they are already in Ireland. We, of course, hope many of them will uh, in, be encouraged afterwards to set out and actually visit, uh, visit Ireland, uh, as already many people in this region are doing. Yeah, I mean, uh, of course, Expo is a six-month event, and uh, one of the nights will be St. Patrick's Night, of course, that uh, will get covered. I'm sure you've got a lot planned for that particular night. That's right, but of course, even before we get to uh, St. Patrick's Day, we have a a very exciting event coming up in November with the arrival of Riverdance uh, at Expo. And uh, that's a a wonderful collaboration uh, between Ireland and Expo, to bring a, a program specially commissioned for Expo, Riverdance at Expo. So I think that's really going to excite uh, everybody who gets a chance to come and see the show. It'll be here in Jubilee Park, uh, running right through November, and there'll be master classes, and there'll be other, all kinds of other exciting things going on as well. So uh, we're very excited about that. 
Uh, we're also working on ideas for a, a great kind of choral event around the uh, Christmas time, bringing together people from really all the pavilions so that we can, as an expo family, we can, we can come together and, 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 and show the kind of solidarity and, and sense of cooperation that is, is really the inspiration for expo. And then, as you say, Patrick's Day in the middle of March uh, will be another great event. We'll be focusing there on, on, on modern Irish talent. And there, there's, there, there are a lot of great plans in store uh, to really bring, to really bring uh, Expo uh, to a, a crescendo of excitement uh, around all things Irish uh, at the St. Patrick's Day celebrations. Uh, tell us a little bit about the Coda Dojo workshops you're going to be hosting. Uh, what, what's right, yeah, what's we're this very about? Ex- Exci- we're very excited about that because uh, maybe not your listeners are not, are not fully aware. Coder Dojo as a movement, uh, it's now global, but it was actually founded in Ireland. So it, it's, it's kind of uh, appropriate that we should be uh, doing this here at uh, Expo. Uh, the program is focused on school children. Uh, and indeed, we've already had a terrific uh, response uh, to the program. Uh, we've had a lot of people have already uh, signed up uh, to it, but we'd be... Uh, offering this program through the uh, through the six months and if your listeners if they keep an eye on uh, ireland.ie forward slash expo uh, they'll see opportunities in the future to engage uh, with this with this program so we, we think it'll, it'll be something uh, that will uh, both uh, entertain but also inform the young people who um, take part in it we're very excited about it and finally, tell me a little bit about, you know, your thoughts on Expo here in the city of Dubai and how proud you are to be, you know, taking part in it. Well, I, I, it, it, it's a real pleasure for me. I, I, I was actually in Dubai uh, back when the uh, the prize of hosting Expo was, was yeah. won by Dubai. So I remember the great celebrations uh, that night. So to be uh, here today with the uh, this dream now become a reality uh, in this incredibly impressive uh, expo sites that our UAE hosts uh, have put together and of course uh, along the way have overcome all kinds of difficulties and challenges of the past few years uh, to make this happen so a huge credit uh, to them for what has been achieved and I'm just really looking forward to uh, with all of our international friends here on site to having a, a truly global uh, experience. I know that uh, we will have many uh, visitors from Ireland. Uh, many people are coming uh, in the business community. We have a, quite a number of trade missions. Many of our ministers uh, will will be will be here engaging in government business. So there's, you know, I think the expo matters uh, to all of us, and I suppose it's coming at a especially important time now. Where we're coming out of the pandemic, hopefully, and in a way, expo is, is really the first large-scale in-person global event uh, post-pandemic. So extremely important uh, for Ireland and I, I, I think extremely important for all of us who are fortunate, fortunate to be part of the Expo experience. Well, there we are, Mr. Pat Hennessy then. He's the Commissioner General of the Ireland Pavilion. We wish you well and uh, enjoy the next six months. Thank you very much, Mark. We're looking forward to a wonderful time with all of our friends here at Expo 2020 Dubai. This is Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. Yes, indeed. Welcome back to the show. Now, of course, uh, Expo has well and truly started, and there's uh, a strong narrative around sustainability, conservation, and ecotourism here in the UAE. We welcome uh, once again to the airways Paris Norris, the guy in Dubai. Good afternoon to you, Paris. Have you been up there yet to Expo? Hi, Mark. Yes, I have. I went on the first day as soon as it opened. I thought, 
you know, I've been waiting a long time to see what's been uh, what's going to happen, and so I, I was quite quite quick to be there, and I spent the whole day there, and uh, it's a really nice development. It's quite impressive, you know. You you walk around and all these pavilions with their you know inventive architecture and the Alwassel Plaza, which is really quite spectacular. So uh, yes, I did go, and it was it was really nice. Uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I mean, favourite pavilions. What what are some of the standout things that you actually saw whilst uh, whilst touring the site? Well, I think you know it's going to take a lot longer for me to actually see the, all of the pavilions properly. So I, you know, I just I took a walk around and I noticed a few, and and I went in a couple of them. So I haven't yet got enough perspective to to say which is the best. But some that you could see were obviously, you know they'd gone all out was um uh saudi arabia obviously the yeah. uae pavilion yeah um i think the uk has done a good job in terms of their architecture um and so yeah so those were the ones that stood out to me uh now we had a, a little chat earlier on about ecotourism um in the uae uh, tell me what is that and how is it being you know developed um here um across the country well yeah you know as as we venture out more into what we have in terms of these beautiful landscapes and natural habitats, um, they obviously need our help in order to conserve them and to ensure that they stay pristine and proper for us to be able to keep going to them and and enjoying them, whether it's, uh, you know, forests or mangroves or even our sea, we need to um, ensure that we maintain the habitat. So, the great thing about ecotourism is, is they are attractions for people. So what you can do is start combining them with, for example, kayaking or, or hiking or, or, you know, activities that people like to do and use that money to help support uh, the, the actual habitat. Um, and so here in the UAE, we've actually got quite a lot going on and it's quite um, inspirational, actually. So, for example, we, we have quite a few mangrove plots around the uae if i'm not mistaken i think we have 16 mm-hmm. and part of the government's initiative is to plant fifty thousand trees mangrove trees wow and so anyone can get involved and it's good fun and you can go out on a kayak and and uh, have a bit of an adventure and then you go plant your tree and you can name your tree and you can even put it on google maps and <laughs> you know so it's a bit of fun so you're combining a sort of tourist activity with an actual conservation project is there a Paris Norris tree anywhere? <laughs> well, I planted one, but I called it Ringo after the Beatles drummer. Oh, really? I've got to ask you why. I mean, uh, you know, Ringo, probably the most famous drummer in the world. Are you a big fan? I'm a huge fan of the Beatles, yeah. Oh, I, wow. uh, I know almost every one of their songs. And at one point, I used to play every single one of them on the guitar. I think I forgot most of them now, but big fan of the Beatles, yeah. Oh, I didn't. That's something I, I, I've learnt on, on the show today. Of course, they weren't together for that long, maybe about four years. But what a body of work they turned out. What, what, what's kind of your favourite era um, of, of the Beatles? I mean, they went from the very early kind of 60s look with the drainpipe, you know, suits and then finished up, um, you know, on Abbey Road. And they went through the, uh, the Sergeant Pepper's era. What, what, what is your favourite, uh, Paris? 
I think towards the end, they got very creative because to begin with, they started off with quite a, a formulaic type of a song and they sounded yeah. all a bit the same. And they, they were nice songs, but uh, as they sort of had, had done so much of that and they produced so many songs, they had to then get really creative. And, and I think they started living their lives more creatively as well. You know, they went away to India and mm. started becoming quite bohemian. But certainly in the Sergeant Pepper era was maybe the the turning point but uh their their last albums is where a lot of the really great songs come from so i think uh i think the the final era yeah uh well there's a tree called ringo where, where exactly is that tree paris so ringo you'll find at jabel mangrove park in abu dhabi and uh you can go there anyone can go there and and join the tree plantation project uh, there's a company called Quest for Adventure that do uh, kayaking and and sort of adventure experiences, and they'll they'll tell, take you out and and help you plant mangrove trees. Uh, excellent. So uh, that's a, a way that people can um, get involved in that. Um, as you said, you, you know, you've only been once. One of our listeners uh, messaging in saying it will take 16 full days to see the full expo site. So when's your next trip going to be, Paris? And what are you looking to uh, kind of uh, take a look at on, on your next trip to expo? Yeah, so I think the interesting thing about expo is going to be what's coming you know what the, the events that are going to be on the people that are coming to present things and speak and and i'm still not 100 percent sure what is coming so it, it's going to be a bit of a surprise so i'm 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 keeping an eye on on things and and uh uh looking looking forward to that i think in the next couple of weeks there's a lot of openings of the pavilions and lots of media days so i'll be going to a few of those i'm going to the the Irish Pavilion, the Swedish Pavilion, and the Israel Pavilion um, to sort of take part in their their pavilion launches. Um, but look, it's it's all uh, it's all still to be expected. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what's coming. Brilliant, Paris. Uh, if people want to follow you and your uh, your shows, uh, whether it be um, on TV or on airlines, where can they do that? Yeah, so we have a TV show called Guy in Dubai, which is on OSN streaming here in the Middle East, and it's on Amazon Prime in the in the wider world. And you can also catch us on the airlines. And if you want to see what I'm up to at Expo, um, as well as some of our sort of daily adventures, then uh, follow Guy in Dubai on Instagram. Cool. Uh, have a brilliant day, Paris. Thanks so much for joining us. I shall go and, and find that uh, that tree that's named Ringo one of these days up in Abu Dhabi. Just love that story. This is Lunch with Lloyd. On Dubai Eye, 103.8. Yes, indeed. Welcome back to the show, and thanks for all your messages coming along. Um, now, a very special performance is going to be happening this coming Thursday, October the 7th, at the Alliance Francaise, uh, where French critically acclaimed pianist Maxime Zaccini joins us um, on the show. He'll be performing on that night. We'll say a very good afternoon to you, Maxime. How are you? Hello, hello, Mark. Hello. How are you? Very good, sir. Uh, you're touring the region, aren't you? So tell me a little bit about your current tour. All right. Like a dream, you know, I have played in Arabia Saudite uh, for um, five concerts. Mm -hmm. And uh, now I play in Bahrain, three concerts. And uh, I've, after I go to Dubai and uh, to finish in Qatar. Excellent. So um, I'm sure you're pulling in big crowds for uh, your concert. So just tell me a little bit about yourself and 
how you first of all got into music and also this focus on your left hand because being a keyboard player and learning piano and organ myself i know the left hand is often the most difficult one to uh, kind of you know get up to speed with the right so where did that come along Yes, I started the piano at uh, five years old, and uh, at uh, 20 years old, uh, I have uh, discovered the repertoire for the left hand, and uh, for me, it's a repertoire, uh, you know, like a magic repertoire, because if you close your eyes, you have the impression that two hands play, and uh, for me, it's a big pleasure to, to do discover a new repertoire uh, to the audience, and uh, because uh, there are uh, 1,000 pieces for the left hand, and uh, with a lot of uh, very great composers like Brahms, like uh, Liszt, uh, and so uh, it's, uh, I think it's really important. Uh, to, to, to play these pieces. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I was watching a, a YouTube video of you, and I, I couldn't believe it. I'm just going to play a, a little clip of, of what I mean. This is, this is the kind of music um, that we're talking about that uh, Maxine plays. So that's just a, a little clip of a, a beautiful piece. Now, I couldn't play that with two hands, let alone one. Now, all that, um, uh, Maxime, is, is just being played by your left hand. Yes, yes. It's just with, uh, just, with just uh, five fingers. It's a transcription of the very <laughs> famous piece for the left hand, the Concerto of Maurice Ravel for piano and orchestra. But it's a transcription uh, uh, who includes the part of the orchestra and the part of the left hand uh, together. <laughs> so it's a piece uh, very energetic. Uh, uh, it's uh, necessary to, 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 to eat uh, some bananas uh, just uh, before to play this piece <laughs> because uh, it's necessary to, to have a lot of energy. It's absolutely phenomenal what you do. I, I mean, do you get as much enjoyment yourself just playing with your left hand as opposed to both? I presume you can play with your right as well if you want to. <laughs> Yes, uh, so, but it's possible to play a lot of different music with the left hand, film music, uh, classical music. Uh, it, it's possible to, 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 to play a lot of different styles uh, with a lot of various composers. And for my program in Dubai, uh, it will be uh, uh, that is because uh, I will play a lot of uh, different styles, uh, film music, classical music, Saint-Saëns, Debussy, uh, but uh, also John Williams or Michel Legrand, uh, wow. very various uh, recital uh, with a lot of uh, different atmosphere and uh, ambiance. What's the reaction of audiences when they see you just playing so beautifully and, you know, getting such a big sound from just your left hand? Uh, sorry, sorry, Mark. I, I don't like the, the, the uh, what do audiences think when they see ah, you play? Uh, at the beginning of the concert, the audience is a little bit surprised because yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, we are just 
three pianists in the world to play uh, these pieces, uh, Japanese pianist and an English pianist and me. Uh, but uh, so it's a, a big discovering for the, for the audience. But uh, I think uh, uh, after uh, two or three minutes, it's okay. Uh, the, the audience is uh, totally uh, uh, included uh, inside this music. And uh, it's, uh, I think it's uh, very pleasant to, to, to discover. I'm, I'm sure it is because it really did take my breath away when I saw that, um, that YouTube clip that I just played, you know, with, with the one hand. Um, so uh, it's, it's going to be quite a wide repertoire then coming up um, on, on Thursday. Is this going to be your, your first trip to, to Dubai to perform? Yes, yes. My first trip uh, in uh, Moyen-Orient. And uh, it's a pleasure, you know, to, 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 to see a lot of different countries. And it's always a big pleasure to discover different cultures and uh, different uh, audience and uh, different uh, view. And, uh, and uh, all the people um, uh, are uh, is very uh, warm and uh, with a warm atmosphere. And uh, I, I, I am very lucky uh, to receive uh, a welcome like this. Uh, for me, it's uh, my dream of uh, children, because uh, when I have started the piano, uh, uh, my, my dream uh, was uh, uh, travel uh, around the world to, 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 to meet people and uh, different culture. And uh, now it's my dream uh, uh, is a reality. So uh, I am very, very lucky. Uh, Maxime, we cannot wait to see you come to, uh, to Dubai to show off your unique talent. Only three people, uh, three pianists in the world that can play these pieces uh, just with their left hand. Um, it really is something super, super special. Maxime, we really look forward to you coming to Dubai. Um, anything that you want to be doing whilst you're here? Have you heard much about the city? Uh, it, uh, it will be my second time in Dubai. Uh, because uh, I was in Dubai for holidays. Okay. Uh, okay, with my family. So I love uh, this place. So it's a big, ple- big, big pleasure for me to uh, to come back in your beautiful city and incredible city. Uh, and uh, I'm uh, looking forward uh, to to be with you. Uh, uh, I think the uh, October seventh, uh, October the seventh, of the Alliance Francaise. Well, we wish you well, uh, Maxime. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. That is definitely a concert not to be missed. If you love your classical music, you will be astounded uh, by this uh, particular player. That's uh, once again Maxime Zacchini. This is Dubai I one hundred three point eight. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. Indeed, you are through until two o'clock. Lunch with Lloyd. Now uh, we're talking art next and Dubai's stunning design-led hotel, Hotel Indigo, uh, where you can find in downtown has partnered with Heroes of Hope for a very, very special initiative. Uh, to tell us more, we have um, their arts uh, manager joining us on the show. That's uh, Astrid Lesui. Uh, Astrid, how are you? Good. Hi, Mark. How are you? It's a pleasure to have you on the show. And uh, we're very lucky as well to be joined by Sasha Jaffrey, of course, the uh, world's most celebrated artist at the moment. Sasha, thank you for your time and for joining us on the show. Uh, Hey, Mark. Good to hear from you, man. Yeah, and you as well. I know you've been a busy boy of late. Uh, First of all, I just want to come to to Astrid. Just give us an idea of what uh, this special um, kind of initiative you put together with Heroes of Hope was all about. Yes, with pleasure. Well, first of all, thank you for your constant enthusiasm and support. 
you know, we believe at Hotel Indigo Dubai Downtown that it's important to connect with our community. And as such, we were delighted to partner with Heroes of Hope, a not-for-profit uh, charity to create and host an extensive four-week program for young artists of determination to develop their artistic skills besides leading artists with very distinct techniques and styles. Okay, um, so great idea, great initiative to put something like this together. Um, and you're going to be having a very special evening to kind of showcase this work, Astrid. Yes, exactly. So we want everyone to feel included and to be part of this amazing journey. So we will have the final artwork created by these young artists of determination revealed to the public on October 10th during a very special event. Now, Sasha, you, uh, as I said, are the guest of honour. I mean, how excited are you to see some of these works that uh, these young people have done? Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. It's, I mean, firstly, let me just say, it's an amazing programme. Um, Ash has done a fantastic job, as has the hotel, with their support and their vision. And it's really important, you know, to, to understand young kids, young adults with special needs or people of determination and understand the skills that they have and the inspiration that they can give us because that's the way around this is. It's not the other way around. It's mm. not a case of, hey, how can we help? You know, what can we do? It's a case of what can we learn from these guys because, wow, you know, there's so much mm -hmm. they can give us. There's so much inspiration they can give us with their, with their determination. You know, they have difficulties they've got to yeah. overcome. Yeah. And yet they have such a beauty inside and that beauty is coming across in these pieces and it's really exciting. It's exciting to see and exciting to share with the rest of Dubai. Um, Astrid, I mean, what kind of mediums have, have, have some of this work been submitted in? Is it purely painting? Is it oils? Is it watercolours? Is it sculptures? Just give me an idea. Uh, you would be impressed because, they, again, they were learning different techniques with different artists with very, very distinct backgrounds and styles. So they have explored many different mediums. So you will see artworks with textures, with street art techniques with uh, a bit more abstract, um, you will see. Uh, you will have to come and see the pieces uh, during the event, definitely. Sasha, I mean, having a hotel um, like um, Indigo um, in, in Dubai, I mean, it, it's such a, a, you know, a big part of the scene, isn't it? I, I mean, how much does it contribute to building a great art scene in a city? I think it's, it's really important, actually, because... You know, you and I know that... Sorry, I've got doggies <laughs> in the background. Sorry no. about that. I'll, uh, I'll send them away. We love a few um, sound effects, Sasha. <laughs> <laughs> a few doggies. I just press a button on my phone and you get woof woof. Um, no, uh, <laughs> so it's, it's really important because, you know, we know that in Europe, these sort of hotels are, are, are frequent. Barcelona is famous for them. Yeah. You know, parts of Miami as well, into America, into the US. London has got a lot of great boutique art hotels. Um, and all through Europe, you know, France, Spain, etc., um, and Italy as well. And, and they're, they're a great part of the cultural heritage of those countries. And Dubai is, is lacking that. Um, and it's, you know, Dubai has everything. But there's a few little things still to come, and mm. they're starting to come. And this is one that I think is really important. It's the boutique art hotel that offers yep. really interesting art pieces, which are all encompassing within the design. It's not a case of hey, let's put a painting here. Hey, let's put a sculpture there. Mm. It's a case of let's integrate that within the actual ethos and the build of the hotel. And then it becomes something different and something interesting and something that the community can really enjoy and get something from. And then obviously because it's a boutique hotel, you've got 
every room is different. You yeah. know, it, it yeah. has that whole sense of someone really cares, you know, and that's yeah. a nice feeling. Yeah. Um, and that, I think, is there's a little niche there in Dubai, and, and I'm, it's, it's really good to see this here. Um, Sasha, very, uh, very quickly, I mean, you know, we were talking a lot a few months ago about this enormous art piece that you presented. What have you been working on since then, Sasha? Oh, wow. <laughs> We'd need a while <laughs> for that answer. Uh, I'll give you the short. Um, I, did, uh, I did a really cool piece in uh, the Cannes Film Festival, um, mm. raising money for Amphar. I don't know if you know the Amphar uh, Charitable Foundation which is an important cause because they're, they're not only put their money into AIDS research, but also into COVID-19 and yeah. the vaccinations and what, you know, how they can help get rid of this, this virus yeah, yeah. ruining our lives. Um, and so I was working with them. I'm about to launch a new project um, called the power of the reconnected world, which will be really exciting. And that, that helps uh, children with special needs around the world. Um, and basically the sort of the, the more in need children that we have, um, that we can help. And it's actually not that hard to help them. You know, if, <laughs> if you raise awareness, you raise money, and, and you actually have the will to do something about it, something can be done. Um, you've got to cut through a lot of red tape. You've got to get your hands dirty, get on the ground, and go and see these kids and find out what they actually need and how to get it to them. And if I can do that through art, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm blessed that I can do that. Yeah. Uh, so, um, uh, coming back to Astrid then, how can we get along to this uh, special event at uh, the uh, Indigo Hotel? It's happening on the 10th of October. Um, what do we need to do to get an invite? So, everyone is welcome to attend the event because this is the idea of bringing the spirit of unity and also to spread the word. So, um, anyone can attend uh, through RSVP. That's the one and only request. <laughs> okay. And Sasha, um, can we get a few autographs on that night? <laughs> yes, mate. I have, I have one for you, of course. Absolutely. You know, yeah. That's my role there, you know, just to get involved and, and yeah. support and do what I can to help. Absolutely, man. Good for you. That's once again Sasha Jaffrey and uh, also Astrid Le Suisse and that special event happening at 10th of October once again uh, to take a look at that incredible art that's been produced at the Indigo Hotel.